Well, good evening, everyone. Welcome. Um, my name is Megan. For those of you who I have not met, I'm a little raw from communion. So I'm just going to start in prayer. If you would just join me in prayer. Lord, we just thank you so much for your presence in this room. God, I just can't get past the sacrifice that you made on the cross, Lord, that's fresh today. And I thank you, Lord, that today people find joy, find communion, find healing, find hope. And Holy Spirit, I ask that you would author just deep, deep love tonight. Lord, would you do what only you can do? And I just gladly boast in all weakness, saying that when we're weak, your power is perfected in us. And I just ask that you would come and wash every inner man, every spirit, every mind, every body in here and prepare us, Lord. Would you open up our hearts and till the soil in our hearts, Lord, so that we have fertile soil that the seed that comes from you would be planted in fertile soil and it would reap fruit a hundredfold, Lord, that we would be a people that have fruit and fruit remains, that you would be glorified in this place. Lord, we just, that's our cry, that you would be glorified in this place. And we just come with one heart and one mind and in simplicity of heart and say, be glorified tonight, Lord. Be glorified tonight, Lord. Would you come and meet us and do what only you can do, Lord? Would you come and shape and change our lives tonight, Lord? We're, I'm crying out, Lord, for a measure of grace unlike we've seen, Lord. I ask God that you would touch hearts, Lord, with your grace, your empowering presence, Lord. Would you come and strengthen, strengthen marriages, Lord, marriages who are on the fringes, God. Would you come right now by your spirit and strengthen, 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 God. Would you stir up humble, sacrificial love in marriages, Lord. I just know by the, by the, the revelation of the spirit right now that there are people in here whose marriages are on the fringe. And the Lord is saying, come to me, come to me and I will heal. I will show you a better way. Lord, I just pray right now that all selfish living would just die by your your love, Lord, that you would come and just touch husbands and wives, Lord, with sacrificial love in this place tonight, God, that this would be a place of, of fruitful, holy, healthy, dynamic, and enjoyed marriages, Lord. We just pray for your strengthening presence right now, Lord, not by our might or our power, even our intellect, but by your spirit, would you come and fortify the inner man of husbands and wives, Lord, all husbands and wives, Lord, and all of us in here, even if we're not husbands and wives, Lord. We just say, have your way tonight, spirit of God. Have your way tonight, Lord. Have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, last time I got to preach, I actually started by describing the storyline that the Spirit of God had dropped in my spirit about the fellowship of the Trinity when they were working out redemption before the foundation of the world. And it was the Godhead, Abba, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit all together creating redemption all planning in great joy and perfect love how the, the people of God and the earth would be redeemed. And I want us to kind of jump back into that storyline. I want you to picture the Godhead, Abba, Jesus, Holy Spirit in perfect union, in perfect love. When we look at Abba, he says, this is my son. I'm so pleased with him. And when we look at Jesus, he says, I'm the perfect representation of Abba. And when we look at the Holy Spirit, he said, I've come to glorify the son and to bring you and, and testify of all that the father has given Jesus and then declare it to you. And there's perfect union. If you want to see an honor circle, see those guys, right? And the beautiful thing in perfect love, perfect friendship, sacrificial, selfish love, we are right in the middle of that story. Do you believe that? We are right in the middle. And I just pray tonight 
that the Holy Spirit would give us handles and open our eyes to see what is because this has the potential to change our lives, our families, our workplaces, our cities, our region, our churches, our regions, even this nation. And I'm just gonna talk tonight about being a friend of God. And there's nothing that I am more passionate about than union with God. And I'm hoping to stir us up to give a little bit more because he's so worthy. And um, I was just thinking about being a friend of God. We're smack dab in the middle of the reality of the three in one loving each other perfectly. We're smack dab in the middle. And I just kind of want to paint a picture of the lengths that they went to to restore communion with the Lord, man and God face to face. In Exodus 33, the Lord said, I spoke to Moses face to face like I would a friend. That is friendship. And that word friend, it doesn't mean casual companion or even acquaintance. It means close companion, husband or spouse and lover. And that might feel overwhelming, but this is the plan of redemption. And because we're new covenant believers, we have been made a way. Everything that was required for redemption was put on the back of Jesus. And I'm just gonna start and springboard into this storyline from Hebrews 10. And this scripture has changed my life. And we could stay here honestly for probably a year. <laughs> so I'm gonna just I'm going to start here and we're going to, we're going to go through it. And then I'm going to springboard into just friendship with God. So if you would turn to Hebrews 10 with me. It's going to be in verse 19. Hebrews 10, 19. Are you there? Good. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Now, I'm going to do a little baby exegesis through this, and I'm going to contrast the Old Testament and the New Testament, and I hope that we grasp even greater levels of the gospel. Because the gospel, did you know that the meaning of gospel is too good to be true? They don't have a word. They just call it, it's like manna. What is it? It's the gospel. The gospel is too good to be true. They gave it a word, and this is the gospel. So I'm going to just go through this line by line pretty quickly. So I want you just to stay with me here. It says that we're having boldness to enter the holiest of all, the holiest of holies. And I want you to think back at the Old Testament when the, when the priests would come and enter the holiest of holies. They only did it once a year, and only one person could do it. It was the high priest of God. And they would come not in boldness. And actually the word, one of the other meanings of boldness there is to be open and talk freely. Think about that. We can come to the throne with boldness, confidence, and we can actually talk freely. But the Old Testament priest, he was not approaching the Holy of Holies with boldness. He was approaching the throne in fear and in trembling and making sure everything was perfect, methodical, according to the plan. If he itched his nose wrong, he's zapped dead. And the trepidatious prayers of the people outside of the curtain are praying, listening for the jingles of the bells because if they don't hear those jingle, they know they've got a rope to pull out a, a dead man. The Old Testament priest would come once and for all, or not once and for all, one, that's Jesus. I'll get there. I'm getting ahead of myself. But he would, he would atone for the sins of his people. So the Old Testament priest would enter the holy by the blood of goats and rams and bulls. But now we get to enter by a new and living way, a new and living way. And that word new means freshly slaughtered. We get to enter 
because the lamb of God was freshly slaughtered. The old way, the old covenant way with the blood of goats and bulls and rams, that, the, the blood dried. So they had to do it year after year after year after, even sometimes months. But this is the, the purification for the nation of Israel. They came once a year and now we get to enter by a new way, meaning the blood of Jesus is freshly slaughtered today, tonight, in a minute, in 10 minutes, tonight, every day. Day after day, the blood of Jesus is fresh, fresh, fresh. And the living way speaks of his, his resurrection. So we come a new and living way. We come by the blood, the fresh blood of Jesus Christ. The living way is that it's alive forevermore today. And now, and now it says, which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh. And we know this, this is the gospel. His flesh was brutally rent. It's a violent term. His flesh, the only the holy of holies could come past this curtain where the holiest of holies was the Shekinah glory of God, the Ark of the Covenant, the, the presence of God. No one could approach that but one man. And now he says, listen, because my flesh was brutally ripped, now we all get to go. We all get to enter in by the new and living way with boldness. That is good news. That is good news. We get to enter a new and living way through the veil, meaning we get to approach the holy of holies. And I just kind of want to take a little, no, actually, I'm not going to do that yet. And it says here, having the high priest over the house. Have you guys heard that upper room song? Since we have a high priest in the house of God. Since we have a high priest in the house of God. Since we have a high priest in the house of God, let us rejoice. Why? Because now the man, the high priest in the Old Testament, I love that you guys know that. Thanks, young adults. Keeping it, keeping it real. We enter the Holy of Holies. The, the high priest entered the Holy of Holies to cover our sin, to atone for our sin. Now, we are, our sin is removed. And now we don't need one man to atone for the sins of a nation or the sins of his own family and himself. We had a high priest, Jesus Christ, who now sits as the atonement forevermore so that we can enter boldly and not be afraid or it's not on our own merits. That's, what, that's how you approach the throne with a true heart. It's not based on what we do or what we don't do or how our prayer life is going. It's in the full assurance that Jesus made a way. And now he stands as a high priest and says, yep, that person put on my blood. That person made me Jesus. Come on in face to face. Boldness. This is your access. This is your inheritance as a son of God, as a daughter of God. And when the Trinity, when the Godhead was working out redemption before the foundation of the world, this was what they had in mind. Why? Why did they go? Why did Jesus go to such great lengths? To draw near. We sang it tonight. To draw near. And the Old Testament priest drew near so that they could sacrifice for all their sins so that God would keep, keep covenant with them. Now, because our sins are removed, this is our starting place. Why do we draw near then? If our sins are atoned for by the high priest, Jesus Christ, if we can enter in through the veil that is his flesh, why would we draw near? Communion, connection. This is the heart of God for redemption, is connection with his people connection with his people. And I just, I can't get over this scripture. I can't get over this scripture. Now, not only does he see us with the blood of Jesus, but he sees us as righteous, as perfect. This is good news. This is good news for me. I don't know about you guys. This is like encouraging my spirit. Redemption is in the blood of Jesus Christ. Communion is the DNA of the blood of Jesus, the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And I just feel to go through, every time Jesus shed blood, it was for, it was for a deep purpose. And you think of him on the cross, like why, why were there, why did he allow a crown of thorns to be shoved into his head? It was so that we could have his mind and we could approach him as one. Why was his face disfigured beyond any other man? We were made in his image and he wanted to restore face-to-face -face communion. 
Why were, why were his hands and his feet nailed to the cross? Because he wants us now to act on his behalf like a friend would. And the side that was pierced, out came blood and water. This is where the church was birthed. The bride was birthed. We find our story in his side. It's saying, draw near, draw near, beloved, draw near. I died and gave everything so that we could have communion with God. Can you see the lengths he went to? Oh my goodness. And now salvation isn't the end of the story. It's just the door to a life of communion with God. It's a door to a greater reality of oneness with the living God, the spirit within. And before the foundation of the world, they're like, hey, let's send the Holy Spirit to be the perfect representation. You can't get any closer to someone than living inside of them, right? So that's a pretty graphic picture of how much the Lord wanted connection with his people. And sometimes we gloss over that, but the Holy Spirit's the one that authors all of this. He authors friendship. He authors connection. He's our advocate. He said, Hey, listen, I know you feel guilty, but let's sprinkle. And you can only sprinkle if it's fresh blood, right? Let's sprinkle, sprinkle this new and living way on your conscience so that you can enter in because shame is never supposed to hold us back from face-to-face communion with God. His constant desire is to disclose things to us. The, there's a scripture in John 16, I believe verse 14, And in one of the translations, it says that the Holy Spirit is the spirit of disclosure, meaning he wants to share with us. He wants to disclose everything that Abba gave Jesus, he wants to disclose to us. So his constant desire is to tell us all the things that we have and tell us the desires of his heart. Tell us the the plans that he has to tell us how we fit in this glorious plan of redemption. That is such good news. He wants to disclose. That's what friends do. Friends tell each other big things. This is covenant. And I think that, I think that covenant's been lost in our generation. And we need to know that Abba made a covenant with the blood of Jesus. And now we're entering in boldly. This is our reality. This is our reality. He will never leave or forsake us. And so I want to just... If you want to take a deep dive, I'm not going to go into this, but I've, I've, I know that there's some people who love to study and go deep. I'm going to throw out some scriptures that you can just write down in your notebook that you can study later. If you want to, if you want to really go into the scriptures that talk about fellowshipping with the Godhead, Abba, Jesus, Holy Spirit, I've got a few for you. John 14. I'm going to be fast, so you better write fast. John 14, 15 through 21. John 14, 23 through 26. John 15, 9 through 10. Is this too fast? I'm really against slides. No, I'm not. I should have made a slide. John 14, 15 through 21. John 14, 23 through 26. John 15, 9 through 10. John 16, 13 through 15. And I just hear the invitation from the Lord tonight. Can I take you deeper into friendship? Can I take you deeper into relationship? John 14, we we hear this quote all the time that greater love has no one than this to lay, lay one's life down for the ones he loves. And it's equating it to loving each other. But the next line says, Jesus said, but you're my friends if you do what I ask you to. And so, The Lord's saying, would you lay down more of your life for me tonight and make it a lifestyle? I don't have to try to be nice to my husband or sacrifice for my friend. I just, it just comes out because I love them. If I get a call from my friend in the middle of the night in need, I'm not going to make them like the persistent friend who has to keep asking for bread because I don't answer the door. No, I'm going to answer because I love them. I'm not inconvenienced. This is how the Lord wants to see in our heart. Can we bring this obedience to another level? When we say yes to laying our lives down, we're called friends. We're called friends. And the most important thing is that we're found trustworthy in his sight. There's nothing, there's a prayer that I pray 
all the time. Make me trustworthy to you, Lord. And it happens through this, laying our life down again and again and again, because this is our friend. This was John the Beloved. All the disciples had the same access to Jesus, but not all of them had the same level of friendship. And I, another one of my prayers is, Lord, make me like John the Beloved. I wanna be close to you like John the Beloved. And I remember, I've mentioned this before, but in 2021, right after my son was born, my, the Lord was like, would you lay down your business of almost 20 years? And we wrestled and wrestled and wrestled and the scripture just kept coming up. Like, I know that you love me when you lay your life down. And so we said, yes, Lord. And what's so interesting is when we did that, it was like my heart shifted and I had a greater capacity to commune with God. And he started trusting me with burdens of his heart even more. And I remember the first time he, he gave me this burden and he, he, he gave me burdens for, for my family, the, the church, the city, just all sorts of things. Because I would say, Lord, I, I want to be trustworthy to you. Could you share what's on your heart? Can you use me to fulfill the desires of your heart? And I started getting these burdens and they were heavy. And I just remember thinking, Lord, I, this, is, this is a little agonizing. This is hard. Why are you doing this? And he said, Megan, I'm making you a friend. I'm making you a friend. And I'm wondering if any of us in here tonight would make room to carry a burden of the Lord so that we could see redemption. I'm wondering if any of us could say, Lord, I will lay down my life. I, when you wake me up at three in the morning, I will get up and pray. When you, when you put a burden on my heart for a people group that I've never even thought of, I will give myself to that until I know what your plan of redemption is or until I know my assignment is done praying for them. And the Lord wants to trust us in this way. And to be a trustworthy person is so important to him. And I think about people, if we, if we are a bunch of friends of God in this community, guess what happens? We find a habitation of God. Because he says, oh, this is, these are my people. I can trust these guys with more of my presence. And then he, 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 he gives us more of his presence and then we're found greater and greater degrees of trustworthy, wanting to steward him. This is, I'm giving my life to this. I'm personally giving my life to this. Lord, make me trustworthy that, that wherever I go, that your presence falls. Where you're, wherever I go, that people are, are set free. Wherever I go, Lord, would you bring redemption? Would it draw nigh? Because the kingdom of God is at hand. Friendship. Friendship takes time and talking. I know some of us are introverts and don't use many words, but God likes talking. <laughs> he likes attention and many visits. There's a quote from a man that uh, I read. It wasn't John Piper, but John Piper was quoting him. And he said, this man was very intentional about his communion with God. He said, friendship is most maintained and kept up by visits. And these visits the more free and less occasioned by urgent business. In other words, in all of his busyness and all of his needs, he made many visits to God. And this is the part that I want you to get. And when he did, he didn't just go with petitions or things for things or even deliverance from his many hardships. He went to see his glorious friend and to contemplate his greatness. He went to see his glorious friend and contemplate his greatness. Oh Lord, we just, we find you so wonderful, so enjoyable. And I think tonight the Holy Spirit is wanting to author. He's wanting to author a revelation in his greatness and the Lord's greatness. Because if we don't find our friend exciting, there's really not much of a friendship, right? And there's so many times where the Lord's like, I want you just to, I want you to just to uncover your heart before me. And I want to, before I get into some practicals, I want to just have some questions for you tonight that you would take these questions to the Holy Spirit to evaluate how you're doing with God and your friendship. The first question is, how are you alone with the alone? How do you do alone with God? And there was a, <laughs> a graphic study that Scott and I came across 
a few years ago where they studied people in a room, one person in a room by themselves, and their only job was to be still. And they had the, the glass where you could see it, and people would be watching, and it would be just a few minutes when the person would stand up and wander around the room and start to go a little stir-crazy. And it wasn't until then that they found a shocking machine in the corner. Have you guys read this study? <laughs> there was a machine, that, and they started shocking themselves in the corner because they would rather sit and shock themselves than be alone. And I just remember thinking, wow, I, I actually can identify with that sometimes. When I sit in stillness before the Lord is the of my phone or the ding, ding, ding of all the things that we have to do and our alone time with God, he's like, can you be still? This is where you hear my voice. This is where I get to share with you and you get to share with me. How is your alone time with God? When I'm with God, this is the next question. Do I look at him? And what are the substances of my conversation? So if I'm on a date with my husband, the first thing I want to get is eye contact, right? And I want him to look at me and me look at him. And I want our conversations to be so much more than the weather. <laughs> you know what I mean? Frivolous things. I want depth and that this is God. I get to look in the eyes of Jesus because of the new and living way. I get to approach the throne of grace. I get to approach the Holy of Holies and I get to see his eyes that burn like fire. And that reminds me of just how much I'm loved. And I say, show me more, Lord. Show me more, Lord. Can you share your heart with me? And I just sit and wait. And this is so simple, but I think if we can really take our relationship with God to the next level, you know, when you're dating somebody, I don't know if they still say this, but it's DTR. Is that dating myself? Do you guys still use that term where you define the relationship? Like, I think we just maybe took another step. <laughs> this is like that, but holy with God. He wants us to take another step and say, I'm taking you a little bit deeper, my friend. <laughs> how can I serve you, Lord? How can I serve you in your kingdom? How can, I, how can I bless your heart today? What are you what are you wanting, Lord, for today? Can you share a burden on your heart for this place, Lord? I want to be trustworthy. And the last one is, do I enjoy him? Do I enjoy him? Do I enjoy God? And there's so many times where I say, Lord, I don't, I don't actually know what it means to find you beautiful. Would you help me? Holy Spirit, would you help author the beauty of Jesus so I could be like David and gaze upon his face? Lord, would you show me how to enjoy you in deeper ways? I feel so serious with you, Lord. Would you, would you un, unveil this beautiful love relationship that you have for me? I wanna learn how to enjoy you more. I wanna learn how to enjoy you more. And I know some of us are practical and you're like, give me some steps. Give me some practical steps. And it's hard to give you practical steps on how to develop a friendship or how to fall in love. But we've been known to coach some people in dating. So I'm gonna give you a few tips so that maybe you can DTR it to the next level. <laughs> I shared this last time I preached, John 15, nine. It says, as, this is Jesus speaking, as the Father has loved me, so I've loved you, abide in your love, abide in my love. It's great to read that, but I don't know what that means, Lord. I don't, my heart, my heart doesn't, doesn't explode when I read those words, Lord. So I know there's gotta be more there. So here's what I say, Lord, as you have loved Jesus, he loves me, but I don't know how you love Jesus. So would you reveal to me how much you truly love Jesus so that I can know how much he loves me. 
I have to know that, Lord. I have to know the depths of the love that you had with each other so I can know the degree which with you love me. John 14, I've come to make our home in you. What does that mean, Lord? What does that mean? How do I abide? Would you show me how to abide in deeper ways? Would you show me which areas I need to, to sit and saturate myself in your love? Then there's a, there's a scripture that always leaps out um, off the pages from Philippians 3. And it talks about the unsearchable riches of Christ. And I'll say, Holy Spirit, would you reveal the unsearchable riches of Christ? I actually don't celebrate in my heart the way I would if I found a treasure filled with millions of dollars. And I want to, Lord. So would you show me what this means? Would you arrest my heart, Lord, with true value? Would you, would you unveil and reveal the value and the worth of the son so that I would know what it means that you are unsearchable riches, Lord? Let me, let me never get to the depths of this, Lord. Just continue to tunnel and show me the unsearchable riches. And there's, there's, there hasn't been a day in many years where I've taken communion and I've had a cold heart before God because I've asked the Lord to reveal this prayer over and he's faithful. The Holy Spirit loves to glorify the son. And the last one is from Hebrews 10, when we enter the holiest of all. So many of us are like, yeah, what is that? What does that even mean? It sounds so ethereal. Well, we, we read in Isaiah six and Revelation one and Revelation four and all these grand pictures. And we see that all of heaven is falling face down before the Lord. And the, the living creatures, the four living creatures are saying, holy, 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 night and day, day and night, forever and ever. And my heart doesn't feel captivated the way they do. So would you help me see what they see? Would you, Holy Spirit, would you help me see what they see when they cry holy? I pray that one a lot. Would you, would you teach me how to worship like the, the 24 elders, Lord? Because I want to see what they're seeing, God. Does that help? And he wants us to do this consistently. Day after day after day after day. He wants... Um, Scott and I were just talking about this. The Lord could have set up eating in a much different way. He could have had us eat one donut for a month and we'd never be hungry. But he made us eat multiple times a day to remind us of our great need for communion. We get hungry. That is a compass to time to approach the throne of grace by a new and living way through the veil that is his flesh, let us draw near with a true heart. Isn't that beautiful? I mean, we could even go down that train. There's so many things that the Lord set up to remind us of our need for communion with him. But eating is the, the very practical one. And there's a, my son is gonna be two at the end of August. And he, he grabbed, he goes, hand, and I grab his hand and he leads me into this. It's like the exercise slash, well, mainly toy room now. And he says, sit. And so I sit down on the, on the ground and he faces me and he just puts his hands on his lap. And he's like, that's what he wanted was just face to face communion. And then I just let him do what a almost two-year-old does. This is, this is the Holy Spirit. Hand. Sit. It's so simple and so beautiful. We don't need to strive it up. That's the heart of God. <laughs> That's the heart of God. And I'm actually gonna, I'm actually gonna close with something, but if I could get, is Becca in here? If you could come up and play. Oh, there you are. I do feel like the Lord is gonna meet many of us in this room tonight. And I just simply wanted to articulate the lengths that Jesus went to for communion. This is redemption. He does not want disconnection with his people. And there's many people in here tonight that have a relationship with God that waxes and wanes, but it's not him because his name is Emmanuel. And he says over and over, I will never leave or forsake you. 
And so I've, I sense tonight that the Lord is going to restore covenant. And I, I want us to get in a posture of receiving, actually. And I want you to think about how awkward it can be to make a friend. Well, you have to be the first person that's like, hey, what's your name? Do you want to hang out? So Jesus is taking initiative. He's taking initiative to be vulnerable with us. And he took initiative on the cross when he was vulnerable with us. And he hung on that cross and said, all I want is restored communion like Adam and Eve walked with Abba in the garden. This is, that's what I want. That's what I'm after. And I want us to just, we don't need to make the first step in this. We can allow Jesus to be vulnerable. And we can say yes to Jesus on the cross. And not only that, I sense that the Lord is wanting to come and serve us as a friend by washing our feet. He's wanting to come to us. So I want you to picture him right now coming to you on bended knee. The king of the universe has come to serve you. And some of you are saying, I don't want him to serve me. Okay, Peter, we must have our whole bodies washed or we have no part in him. And I want you to see him take off, take a towel, drape it around his arm and come and wash your feet in this absolutely beautiful, sacrificial love. He's whispering to you, it's finished. I've made atonement in every barrier that sets itself up from redeeming what was in the garden has been finished. It's finished. And you look at him in those eyes of fire and you're reminded of his most vehement love for you and he's washing, 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 just relax and let him wash your feet. The king of the universe wants to serve you. Would you allow him to humbly serve you in this absolutely perfect love? Would you allow your inner man to be a garden of fellowship with the Lord? I want you to just continue to see him washing your feet in this absolutely precious love. And I want you to hear his words over you. I have come to love you. I've come to wash you. I've come to tell you that I never withhold myself from you. I don't distance myself from you. I don't turn a deaf ear from you. My name is Emmanuel and I will never leave or forsake you. We have covenanted with you, beloved. If Abba didn't withhold me, his only son, how would he also not all give you, freely give you all things? Beloved, you are not just okay in my sight. You are precious in my sight. You are clean in my sight. I'm washing the lies of orphan thinking that say I won't come through for you or I'm not there for you. I'm washing them. I'm washing them, beloved. This is not who I am. I'm washing you of unworthiness and shame and guilt and everything that seeks to cause disconnection with our perfect love for you. I 
can clearly see the bait and the switch of the enemy where he baits you to give into temptation and sin and then he blames you and keeps you under with guilt. I'm washing you and I'm sprinkling you with my new and living blood. You're righteous in my sight, beloved. I want you to be filled with the assurance that you're loved. I put a longing in every person's heart to be assured that they're loved. And I am fulfilling this. I desire to fulfill this. And some of you right now, I'm asking to covenant your eyes with me. Your eyes with me, that your eyes have seen things they, they, that violate my love for you. Beloved, would you covenant your eyes with me? so that you would look at me and not look away and you would look at me and not be filled with shame. Beloved, covenant your eyes with me tonight. I'm washing you from all forms of slavery. Remember I said it was the acceptable year of the Lord. That's Jubilee. I've made you free. I've liberated you from being a slave to the tyranny of ambition, religious ambition, worldly ambition, striving, busyness, all manners of self-made efforts. Beloved, I'm washing you with your easy yoke. Sprinkling on you my infinitely meritorious blood. Beloved, I see you struggle with intimacy. enemies tried to counterfeit intimacy. I've come to wash and redeem you and redeem that space in your heart. Do you know that I wait for you? Can you see the dew on my head as I wait for you to open the door to me? Beloved, I wait for you. You just have to open and receive my love. Intimacy comes with receiving and receiving and receiving and receiving. what covenant is. This is what covenant is. I've come to show you what true love is like. I've come to show you what loyal love is like. I've come to show you what redemption truly looks like. I've come to embody what it looks like that I will never leave or forsake you. That you're at a table that's filled beloved, let me wash you. I desire you. I both love and like you. And I enjoy you. I enjoy you. Do you know that I enjoy you? I enjoy the way you connect with me. I enjoy your sense of humor. I enjoy the way you love your family and love me. I enjoy you. I want to enjoy you more. Can I take up more real estate in your heart, beloved? Can, can we cultivate a garden that goes to the next level? Lord, would you just continue to pour out your love? on us, initiate friendship in deeper ways, I pray. Would you initiate friendship right now in deeper ways, Lord? Would you, would you come and, and just baptize us with a fresh love, a fresh love, Lord? It's so vulnerable being served by you, King Jesus, but this is how you author depth. And I'm wondering, how many of us would respond and say, I'm willing. I'm willing to give more of my life to this, Lord. I'm willing, Lord, to be a friend. I'm willing to shoulder your burdens. I'm willing to ask you questions about you, Lord. I'm willing to to tap into the, the desires that you have, Lord. I'm willing to lay down even my own call to see yours fulfilled, Lord. I'm willing. I'm willing, Lord. 
tell him you're willing. Talk to him, ask him to take you deeper. Start co-cultivating with him now. washed of church hurts, church hurts. He's saying, beloved, I'm not like them. I'm not like them. My love is perfect. Would you enter into the garden of my perfect love, Lord? The enemy would have you staying outside of the church walls, but I say, draw near to me and I will put you in family. initiation. If you need to kneel before your chair, if you want to come kneel before him, it's not about, you just be obedient to the Lord. Just show him that you're willing to, he's putting his finger on things like, hey, would you lay that down? Would you lay that down? And this is us saying, yes, Lord, we'll do anything for you, Lord. No matter the cost, we'll do it, Lord. We want to hear at the end of our lives, well done, well done. We want to hear the honor circle where we're in the middle of it. And he's saying, do you know how much this one loved me? Do you know how much this one I'm pleased with? This is the heart's desire, our heart's desire, Lord. We're not satisfied with just having our own callings fulfilled, Lord. We want to see your, your redemption plan. Make us friends, Lord. Make us friends. Make us friends, Lord. Take us from casual and take us to deeper, Lord. Take us past that veil into your throne. I ask Holy Spirit right now that you would give people encounters face-to-face, Lord. Face-to-face encounters that we would touch your holy. We would touch your holy. We would touch the holiness of you, Lord. Oh, Lord, we, we yearn and long for greater connection with you, God. Deliver us from our own ambition and ourselves, Lord. We want it to be you and us and us and you. Perfect union. Yeah, the Holy Spirit's on you. I'm going to have you come forward and I'm going to have the ministry team come and just lay hands on people. If the Holy Spirit's moving on you and in a, in a way that feels like he's he's shifting and moving some things and you can sense his tangible presence. I want you to respond and come forward. the throne of grace, Lord. I sense that Jesus is actually appearing to some of you. I just bless, Lord, I bless what you're doing. I bless how you're moving, Lord. You want this so much, Lord.
before we go, I just, I want to invite you to ask the Lord to touch you. Touch you before you leave. Touch me with your love. Touch me with your glory, Lord. Touch me. Let him hear your prayer. Let him hear your po the posture of your heart. Touch me, Lord. I want to be, I want to be one that walks with you so closely like John the Beloved, God. Would you touch me with your glory? Would you make me a woman of your glory, Lord? Touch me, Lord. Teach me how to enter the throne room on the merits of Jesus, Lord, and to, to commune and learn how to linger there, Lord. Learn how to linger and push past thresholds. on the ministry team tonight, I just invite you to come forward and just lay hands on people that you're led to do that for. And I just, if you're still getting encountered by the Lord and you're in your seat, I just invite you to stay. But Lord, I just pray a blessing that the seed that you've sown would create deeper union with you, God. Oh God, make us the most trustworthy people in your sight. Teach us what it means to be in covenant and friendship with you, Lord. I pray a blessing on every single person in this room, every family represented. conversations low for the people who are receiving from God. You can chat in the lobby. Be blessed tonight. Go in peace and go with the assurance that you are loved by God. <laughs>